Hey, it's Tara. Thanks for listening, and be sure to stay tuned in to the end of the episode for even more high-fidelity game picks from our friends of the Record Store Society and listeners like yourself. Hi, Natalie. Hey, Tara. What's up? Oh, nothing much. How are you? Doing okay. Loving this transition into spring. Yeah, it's it's happening. Spring is springing. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> you know what I was thinking the other day? What's up? You've been here at the record store for over a year now, mm-hmm. and I don't know much about your family. I know you have mentioned a sister in the past. But how many sisters do you have? I have two sisters. I have two sisters and a brother, and they're all like a decade older than me. So Ooh. I'm like, I'm the turbo baby. Turbo baby. Yeah. I've never heard that term before. I just came up with it. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. This is not <laughs> no. something that I've just missed no, out on somehow. No, it's just and- a thing. <laughs> so, I mean, I was pretty much, a, I, it was kind of like I was an only child because they were pretty much out of the house, you know, as far back as I can remember. Yeah. So, Yeah. How about you? Yeah. I have three brothers. Three brothers? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm the oldest, though. Oh, okay. They have to bow down to my commands, basically. Yeah. Of course they do. Oh, hi. How are you? Welcome. Welcome to the store. Let us know if you need anything. We'll be over here in the corner chatting. Do you think having much older siblings has impacted what you listen to? Oh, for sure. Like, they definitely sparked my eclectic tastes because each one of them had very, very different tastes in music. So I owe a lot to my siblings. Yeah. That's cool. My brother was into the hip hop. My sister, one sister was like the old R&B soul head. And then the other sister was the more eclectic, electronic alt sister. So I got a little bit of everything. Oh, is she the one whose Art of Noise tape that you- Yeah, yeah. The cassette tape in the sock drawer. That's her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'll always remember that story of yours. Oh my gosh, look who it is walking into the store right now. It's Rachel Hayden. Hi. Hi, Rachel. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. Wow, this this store is amazing. Oh yeah, we have the best of the best music selection. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to rummaging through everything. Lots of vinyl. Ooh. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) What a pleasure to have you visiting our store today. You are one of my heroes from my youth. I mean, I'm not even kidding. One of the first songs I learned on bass in high school was He's Kissing Christian. You are so wonderful. Bassist for that dog. I mean, stacked resume, though. Can we just highlight all of your amazing accomplishments, at least the ones that I know about? I'm sure there's probably more. Basis for that dog, like I said. Played drums and sang on some Beck tracks. Whoa. (laughs) Rentals. Um, you sang on one of the best Weezer songs of all time. I just threw out the love of my dreams. I must be all these things, for I just threw out 
John Denver tribute album, The Martinis. You even played on tour with Jimmy Eat World and Todd Rundgren. Holy crap. And plus, can't forget, you're also part of the Hayden Triplets. Single girl. which I was supposed to see at Big Years, but then the pandemic happened, so I didn't get to. Yeah. Such a bummer. But wow. Wow. So accomplished. I, I, I never thought for some reason, I never thought of myself as that accomplished. But then when you mention all that, I'm like, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. I mean, I've had I a pretty say. good life. You, you really have, have. For sure, for sure. You're crushing it. I have to say, Tara has turned me on to your vast body of work. And I was kind of looking through on the internet and I came across your tiny desk performance with the Hayden triplets. And it occurred to me that I had seen that before. because it was what, years and years ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I remember this. I remember loving this and really enjoying the lovely harmonies and the the songs and everything. And then um, I also really loved your version of Our Lips Are Sealed as well. That was really cool. Yeah, that was so so much fun. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I had such a blast doing that because I was I was pretending to be Belinda Carlisle and Jane Weedlin. And they're they're so um, they have they made such a mark on me. Is that how you say a mark on me growing up? Like like they really influenced me so much. And that dog got to play with the Go-Go's a couple times. And that was like what? a dream come true. And oh, that's so cool. And um, yeah. And then I ended up actually singing on a couple of uh, songs of um, Jane Weedland's solo project called Frosted. And she put, I think she put a couple records out and myself and, and my sister Petra sang on some Frosted songs. So... That was fun. See, I didn't have that in my list of your accomplishments. Yeah, they don't put it in. They don't don't mention that. I don't know why, because I'm really proud of that time. I'm going to have to go and edit the Wikipedia, and we can just use this um, chat as our source. (laughs) This conversation in our record store will be the source. So, yeah, I was just chatting with Natalie about, you know, our families and our siblings and how they may have impacted our listening habits. Yeah. Do you have other brothers? Do you have, have a brother? Older, Do you have other I have family? an older brother who, in music, he turned me on to so many bands in my, like, formative years. He, he listened to a lot of punk rock. And, um, cool. And he played electric bass and he was in a punk rock band. And I just thought he was the best person in the whole world. I looked up to him. He was my idol. I wanted to be just like him. And um, and so I just kind of decided, like, I'm going to start playing the bass. And I was like 15 or 16. And, and I had no idea because piano was my first instrument. But oh. um, Josh had like two bases and he said yeah you can borrow one so i listened to a lot of the minutemen and mike watts bass playing just like blew me away and i thought i want to play like that of course i mean you can no one can ever play like mike watt but (laughs) but i tried mimicking his playing as as well as i could and i practiced double nickels on the dime all every day for like two hours and i finally i learned all the bass parts of the songs if you ask me to play them today I can't <laughs> but, but I was I was determined you know I was like I just 
I want to be in a band and this is so cool and I feel cool and you know so yeah he he influenced me to bands like Black Flag and the Circle Jerks oh. and a lot of like SST bands like the Meat Puppets and like just music that I just grew up on that I just like Up on the Sun is one of my favorite oh and yeah that's the most beautiful song is Up on the Sun and uh that's so yeah. cool. I actually just saw Mike Watt also at Big Ears this past year. One of his side project bands, I forget what they're called though, like pretty noisy band, like just a noise kind of band. They were so good. And I never realized the faces he makes. Uh-huh. He makes the best face, MSSV, that's what's oh. called, MSSV. He makes the best bass, he must be the originator of the bass face. Right. I'm going to I'm gonna give him yeah, that. Yeah, I've seen him. I've seen him. <laughs> His faces, definitely. So funny. Well, and not only that, I mean, and also that you're a triplet, the Hayden triplets, yeah. Rachel, Petra, Tanya, and you have your, your blood harmonies singing together. But you also, your dad was a wonderful musician as well, Charlie Hayden. Yeah, yeah. And That's so cool. That was a big influence on me too. And he played upright bass and that to me is almost like a different instrument than the electric bass. But I learned a lot about listening to music and just being like patient and really listening and not not like listening fast, but listening slow and listening to every note. And, and so when I listen to music now, I hear the first thing I really hear a lot is the bass, because it just is like the foundation, like, I feel like the bass is like the foundation, you know, it's like, it's like the roots and of the tree, you know? Yeah. So he taught me a lot about music. That's so cool. Is your mom a musician at all? No, she. You have such a musical family. She, she plays. She played the oboe when she was in college, but she never Aww. did anything like professionally with it. She's a therapist. <laughs> oh, nice. So, Rachel, have you always been singing with been singing with your sisters, or did that come like after you started learning the bass at fifteen? Um, since we were little, I mean, I would say like as early as seven, six or seven and eight. We just my dad's part of the family is from Missouri, from Springfield, Missouri, and they were country. They were in a country band called the Hayden Family. And um, they were friends. This is back in the 30s. And um, they were friends with the Carter family. So it's similar, similar stuff to like the Carter family. And uh, my dad actually knew uh, Mother Maybell of of the Carter family. And like, when he was a baby, I guess he told me that she used to rock him to sleep at night. Wow. And so when we were little, we'd go to Springfield every summer and there was always like singing going on and harmony. I mean, I just, I remember hearing harmony from, I think just the day I was born, I just listened, my dad and, and the singing in his family, they were always singing harmony. And so we just picked it up and we would sing in the car on road trips and we'd sing, actually, we would sing to each other before going to sleep at night. And we would sing um, stuff like we sang, I remember we sang Kumbaya once and it was like really eerie and slow. It, it wasn't, I mean, it's an eerie and slow song to begin with, but the way we sang it, it was like really like haunt, haunting sounding and my grandmother came in the room and was like what 
what is that? What you, what is that? And, and she said, oh my God, you guys are so amazing. And that was the first time I actually thought, hey, I can maybe do something with singing, you know? Yeah. Well, so, you know, every time we have friends in the store, we often ask them to play the high fidelity game with us. Oh. Would you want to play with us today? Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, what if we did, uh, I don't know, say top five bands with siblings? That sounds good to me. <laughs> Seems appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Very appropriate. <laughs> and um, I already thought of another one when we were talking about the Meat Puppets. I mean, those are siblings. Kurt. Oh, what? I didn't know Kurt that. Kurt and Chris are siblings oh, and their band is easily one of my top five favorite bands in the world. Um, oh, that's, but, that's a good But one. I have another five. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into okay. it. Natalie, do yeah. you want to kick us off? Absolutely, let's do All it. Right. This was tough. This, I, there's lots to choose from, but I tried to just play it fast and loose and come up with like the ones that mean the most to me, you know, sentimental value I and like all that. It. All right, number five, Boards of Canada. So this is the Scottish electronic duo, brothers Michael Sanderson and Marcus Owen. Uh, they've been active since 86, but they became the duo that we know in the 90s, releasing their debut album, Music Has the Right to Children, in 98, which has become a real staple in electronic music history. Did you know they were brothers, Tara? I had no idea they were brothers. Yeah, so it's kind of kind of a funny story, but um, they've released four studio albums, six EPs, and they've got quite a few early, like, non-official releases as well. But first, let's listen a bit to my favorite Boards of Canada track. Uh, this is from their 2013 album, Tomorrow's Harvest, and it's called Jacquard Causeway. So this has like really cool, like polyrhythmic action. I don't think it's quite a polyrhythm. Um, whatever's happening with the time signature, it's really cool. And the track is just so hypnotic to me. I love it. But the cool thing about them is that they kind of randomly revealed that they were brothers in a, a 2005 Pitchfork interview. I think folks just assumed that they were pals because of the different surnames. Um, but they never really hit it. They just they just always answered questions very matter-of-factly. So like Pitchfork asked them, when did you guys meet? And they said, oh, very, very young. And we lived in the same place in Scotland, you know, kind of vague like that. Um, but eventually they paused the interview to confirm that they were in fact brothers, saying that they've concealed it to avoid any comparisons to Orbital, another group um, I'm sure you know, very popular electronic duo who are also brothers. So they do in fact share the name Sanderson, um, one cool fact about them related to our recent music tech conversation, Tara, is that they grew up in a very musical family and they were experimenting with cutting and sampling tape techniques from the age of like 10. Whoa. Yeah. So they've. Yeah. See, I just wasn't, my brain wasn't ready for that at that age. <laughs> I know. Right. Who would think to do that? You were just like pulling the tape out of the cassette and making a giant mess, not actually chopping it up and I was just, recording stuff. Yeah. No, I was just straight recording the same song over and over and over again from the radio <laughs> right. on one side of a cassette. Right, right. Because I liked it. And then cutting in your own voice and playing DJ. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Boards of Canada, I love their hazy, dreamy, nostalgic sound. They've they've like perfected the sort of distorted antique thing. They use a lot of samples from outdated media and public broadcasting programs. Everything's all like faded and haunting, you know. I love Boards of Canada. 
Wow, that's a good pick. I had, yeah, I. it's like I forget about electronic music having more than one person sometimes. And I mean, obviously, duh, Daft Punk and yeah, but or- I didn't even know Orbital was two brothers. I actually didn't either. Not until I read that Pitchfork interview. So there you go. And like the Chemical Brothers are not brothers. See, they've got it all backwards. What? What are they doing? All right. That's a good one. Number four. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, yeah. So this is one of the greatest best-selling bands of all time, known for fusing genres from Afro-Caribbean soul, funk, jazz, disco, Latin, pop, just all of it. They were like the cosmic musical messengers of joy and love and peace. They formed in Chicago in 1969 by Maurice White um, on vocals and percussion, of course. It includes his brother, Verdine White, on bass. And his younger brother, Fred White, who came on board as the drummer in the mid-70s. So we have three brothers. We have three brothers, yeah. Nice. So they're hailed, of course, for their incredible showmanship, super energetic live performances, and their immaculate fashions, if I may say so. Let's hear a (laughs) bit of Shining Star from their 1975 album, That's the Way of the World. Yeah, so if you want to talk about longevity, you just can't beat Earth, Wind & Fire. Like, their legacy is still very much alive. They've released 22 studio albums up until 2015, and they continue to tour, believe it or not, with three original members, Verdine White, Philip Bailey, and Ralph Johnson. Um, Just a list of accolades that goes on forever, including... Maurice, you know, following his his recent death in 2016, he was awarded the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. And um, seriously, if you've ever attended an event with a dance party element, or if you've been breathing during any September since 1978, <laughs> you've experienced Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yes. Also, Philip Bailey is the easy lover, Philip Bailey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Phil Collins. Amazing and voice. And Philip Bailey. <laughs> I love that song. All right. We are plowing through. My number three is Van Halen. Easily my favorite rock band of all time, featuring brothers. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah, yeah. Featuring <laughs> Eddie Van Halen on guitar and Alex Van Halen. I didn't know that. Oh, I yeah. Did, I did not know that about you, Natalie. I love my Van Halen. Um, yeah, Alex Van Halen <laughs> on drums. Very, very gifted since they were young. See, Eddie played piano by ear, and then he played drums, and he played drums, and Alex was on guitar. At first, and then Alex developed a passion for the drums. And so they just switched places because they're just that good. And I, Alex also played piano. So they formed their first band also when they were super, super young. They were like barely 10 years old, called the Broken Combs. And over the years, some lineup changes, name changes, a faithful meeting with the great David Lee Roth. In 73, they became Van Halen. So, which I'm actually shocked. You know, David Lee Roth was the one that gave them that name, Van Halen. And I guess they were just like, maybe the brothers were too close to it to recognize how kick-ass of a name that is. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good call from David Lee Roth. That's cool. Yeah, true. Uh, Let's hear a clip of one of my favorite tracks. I'm the one from their 1978 self-titled debut album. Honey, I'm the one, the one you love. Come on, baby, show you love. I was really hoping you would say right now. Are you kidding me? That's Sammy Hagar. No, we're doing David Lee Roth era. I'm Joe. <laughs> okay, because I was going to jump through this right Zoom. <laughs> Not No hate or anything. I was into right now. I wasn't mad at it, but definitely into Clear. earlier Van Halen. 
clear Pepsi era Van Halen. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so Tara, you know, I'm an MTV kid all the way. I was obsessed with Van Halen immediately, <laughs> the music and the videos. We could talk all day about how Alex and Eddie changed music. Eddie, the quintessential guitar hero with his, his technique and his iconic tone. And what I love about him is that he was a real musician. Like he wasn't just a great guitar player. He understood music. Like he got understood all the styles and grooves, the songwriting. He had the whole toolkit. Um, Alex with his high energy driving grooves. I'll never not go crazy for, you know, hot for teacher or girl gone bad. Um, he's just rhythmically solid. I just think they're great. So Van Halen. Rachel, do you like Van Halen? Oh gosh, yes. I love um, Panama is like Oh yeah. One of my favorite songs and um or was it jump? There's like a there's like a middle eight section. Oh, I know what it is. It's on Panama. It's that when uh Eddie Van Halen is playing the keyboards and that that's middle section. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and right, every right. time every time <laughs> I hear that part and I'm in the car driving and I hear that song come on, I just like Woo! You know, I, I <laughs> love that part. That's fine. Yeah, they're good for that. They can get your get you throwing your arms up in the air. That's me when Hot for Teacher drops in every single time without fail. If I'm in the car, <laughs> the, I may man. as well drive over and get to the side so I don't cause an accident. The way that drum part sounds like an actual motorcycle. You know, it's just the best. Hot for Teacher, it's the best thing ever. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, we're in the home stretch. My number two pick. The Clark Sisters. So the Clark Sisters are legendary gospel singers. Five sisters in this group. Jackie, Denise, Elbernita, also known as Twinkie, Dorinda, and Karen. <laughs> Vocal powerhouses, every, every single one of them. This is not like so-and-so with her sisters on backup. No, ma'am. Every woman in this group is the truth. For me, though, I think the final bosses are Twinkie and Karen. Twinkie and Karen just, they have something something else happening <laughs> with their voices. They've done some crazy, crazy stuff that I just didn't know the human voice could do. But yeah, so my days in the church are, are long behind me, but I've always maintained that like <laughs> the greatest singers are trained up in the church. And anyone who knows anything about gospel will know that the Clark sisters are just like the, the goats, untouchable. They are the daughters of the great musician and choral director, Dr. Maddie Moss Clark. And they are known as being the pioneers of contemporary gospel They've done so much to bring gospel into the mainstream. Here's a bit of their biggest crossover hit called You Brought the Sunshine. Ah, Jesus is the So huge shout out to Twinkie, who's been their chief writer, arranger, and producer for the group. She's also known as the queen of the B3 Hammond organ. And man, oh man, is this woman mean on the keys. Like she's so crazy, crazy good on the organ. They've released 16 studio albums. They've won three Grammys and they are the highest selling female gospel group in history and have inspired some of the greatest singers of our time, regardless of genre. So yeah, the Clark sisters. I, I don't know anything about them. I was born a heathen, raised a heathen, don't know nothing about no gospel groups. No, <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. I mean, sort of kidding. Like I, I don't know a lot about gospel. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't know about these wonderful sisters and the queen of the Hammond. Tara, I need to. I gotta send listen. you some clips, man. They'll just, they'll blow your mind. 
it's 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 insane. Okay, some of the stuff I've I've heard come out of their mouths, and like I said, they're all incredible. Their harmonies are super tight. But even on the soloing, it's just like and like don't get them started when they like start battling each other, like Karen and Twinkie. Ooh, like it's just it's next level. I think you'll be entertained. Gospel, gospel or now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, send us some links. I'm ready to see this. Okay. Do you want to take a guess at what my number one is? I don't think I could guess as wide of a spectrum you have cast here in your top five. It's, it's pretty low-hanging fruit, from this electronic one. music to gospel. Yeah, but this one's pretty like, yeah, yeah, of course. With Van Halen in between. <laughs> um. Okay, hold on. Yeah, yeah. It, mm, I can't, okay. I don't think I can guess. You ready? Guess. The Jacksons, of course. Oh, of course. I was thinking you were going to throw something out there like a little bit more. I know, I know. <laughs> I tried to I tried to like dabble in a little bit of everything, but for this one, I I can't ignore the obvious, okay? The Jacksons. Right, right. Um yeah. truly a family affair. We've got the Jackson 5, brothers Jermaine, Tito, Jackie, Marlon, and of course Michael, and Randy too actually. He was in the mix for a while. They were signed to Motown Records in the late 60s, and uh did you actually know their audition tape was rejected the first time? Gladys Knight delivered an audition tape to Motown and they were rejected the first time, which is crazy. But anyway. Uh, what? No, <laughs> that, I didn't that know that. was like That's a delay in, in processing that. Yeah, but it was meant to be. It was fate. 16 studio albums, including the ones released as The Jacksons. Here's my favorite Jackson song of all time. Can you feel it? Can you This right here, yeah, totally. This is my ultimate hype song. When the world or people disappoint me and I'm just down in the dumps, this song always lifts me back up. Can't not dance to this song. Um, We can't forget about the sisters also who were doing their own thing in music. LaToya, who I was shocked to discover has released 11 studio albums. (laughs) And most notably, of course, Janet, who's still out there being magnificent. She's also given us 11 studio albums. But look out, girlfriend, because Latoya's on your heels. Who'd have thought? Yeah. Just a laundry list of mega hits from Janet. She's been an actress even longer than she's been an iconic pop star. All Going all the way back to when she charmed the world as Penny on Good Times in the late 70s. Do you remember that? Yep. How adorable she was. I remember. <laughs> um, Latoya also has a long film resume, okay, including The Last Sharknado, oh. um, Celebrity Apprentice. <laughs> And she was also the winner of Worst Cooks in America. So she's no slouch. Oh, wow. No shade or anything. Just wanted to share some of her stats. You know, she's been doing stuff as well. Yeah. Uh, but of course. Lastly, because this is a siblings episode for the sisters, I want to shout out the eldest Jackson sister, Rebe. Rebe Jackson. Uh, I want to hear her biggest hit, Centipede. I know I've brought this. I that song. Yeah, I love that song too. I know we've talked about it before in the store, but I have to come back to it. It's such a killer track and video. I was completely fascinated by that video as a kid. Uh, Rebe had four studio albums herself and that's it. I mean, it's so hard to talk briefly about the Jacksons because they've done so much, <laughs> but we'll just stop there. So yeah, the Jacksons. Yeah. I finally get to see a Jackson live this summer. Janet. 
Oh, I'm finally getting oh, to see Janet. That's kick ass. It'll be your first time seeing Janet. Oh man. That's going to so be a good excited. show. Yeah. She never disappoints. Yeah. That's a good list. I mean, such variety. I tried. I tried. Keep you on your toes. Boards of Canada, Van Halen. Earth, Wind & Fire. Jackson's. Yeah. Gospel. Yeah. Crazy list. I'm excited to hear what Rachel has for us. I know. Me too. Well, that was amazing. I learned a lot and I'm looking forward to listening to that list. Really cool. It's funny because when you mentioned Earth, Wind & Fire, one of my top five favorite uh, sibling bands. So I watched a documentary a few years ago called Watt Stacks. And it's basically about like a bunch of uh, musicians who are on the record label Stacks Records, and they were performing live at Watts. These are sisters who originally were called the Hutchinson Sunbeam. And that's Pamela, Wanda, Jeanette, and Sheila, later who became the emotion. Ooh, nice. Oh. Yeah, they're four sisters. The song that I saw them perform live was, well, I didn't, wasn't there. I saw it on the documentary. I felt like I was there. The song is called Peace Be Still. And it is so heartfelt and just, I mean, I could just feel the singing when I hear them sing. I feel it. Like, I feel like I'm singing it. That's how strong it feels. And um, so that's, that's one. That's cool. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I want to well, see Well, Maurice White yeah. is the one that signed them to his label. And I forget the name of his label, but it was after Stax Records, I think, dropped them. And then Maurice White ended up, I think he even ended up producing or. Yeah, this is, this is um, Best of My Love Emotions. Yeah, Best of My Love. Absolutely. Yeah. That was their hit. That's a jam. Well, they had other hits, but that was the most well-known one. So are you ready for the rest or should I? Yeah. Let's do Um, it. Yeah. That's a good one. Then there's the Roaches, Maggie, Terry, and Suzzy. Come on. We are Maggie and Terry and Suzzy. Maggie nice. and Terry, Suzzy Roach. Um, they look like they're triplets, but they're not. They um, put out an album which was produced by oh, Robert, Robert Fripp. Fripp. Thank you. So yeah. Robert Fripp, Robert Fripp from King Crimson produced on their self-titled album, and the song that I love that I actually want to do a cover of is called Pretty and High. And all of the people were charmed and surprised how pretty and high and shy she was. 
and it's um, absolutely beautiful. And I want to do a cover of it. And I'm Facebook friends with Terry, and we've con- we've chatted with each other, and we've talked about maybe doing a collaboration of Pretty and High, like together. Oh my god! Yeah, which you should. Uh, just oh, I just got a dream come true. Like. <gasps> I just, I got to write her again and remind her, but she you wrote should. a book and she sent me her book. It's called Blabbermouth. Anyways, so they are sisters that I love. I used to think they were triplets because they look so much alike. And that's what kind of drew, drew me to them was, oh, wow, they're triplets, but they're not. They're just beautiful sisters. And um, so, yeah, Pretty and High is my, one of my, favorite songs by them. I relate to it because she starts singing, they start singing about a clown, like a really sad clown. And I sometimes feel like a sad clown. Like I'm funny and I can do clown nose sounds like. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That was actually really spot on. But, but I'm also, you know, there's like, I have like a melancholy about me and so I like sad clowns and that's what the song sort of reminds me of. I really like that. I love that song, Hammond song. Yes. And I was going to pick that one too, but. That's a good one. But yeah, that's another one. Hammond song. Just gorgeous. Yeah. Would you, would you say that they are sort of like a cult favorite? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So that's a good one. Quick question. Okay, so the Roaches or Roaches, how do I pronounce the name? Roaches, like... Roaches, okay. Yeah. So this is probably super silly, but whatever, I'm going to just own it. But the reason I know who they are, and you started singing the song and it hit me, that's why I, I interjected like that, because it came back to me that they were on Tiny Toon Adventures back in the day, and they sang that exact song as little animated Roaches. <gasps> Oh my God. And I loved what? that episode so much. And I was like, oh my God, could it be that's a real group? And it is. How exciting. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> they were on Tiny Toons. That's- Wait, did you confirm that? Is that really them on the show? Yeah, it says the real Roaches sisters did the voice of their bug counterparts. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, that's say, so um, amazing. We don't give out our ages, but and we don't give out our phone numbers. Give out our phone numbers. A trio we are born on the fourth of December. And that's what made me think they were triplets because they said that they were all born on the fourth of December. But mm. oh yeah. I'm a child again, just hearing hearing you sing that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's what I love about music because it can it just brings you back to childhood and reminiscing and smells and sounds and uh, all of it. I sometimes I get stuck in it. I just get stuck in the past, and music sort of brings me back there. Whoa, actually, it looks like okay. So Susie has a daughter whose father is Loudon yeah. Wainwright the third. Yeah. So that makes her a half-sister of Martha and Rufus Wainwright. Yes, there's a connection there. Whoa. Crazy. Crazy. I'm learning so much. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good, that's a great one. So that definitely, and then there's a band called Blonde Redhead. 
which have twin brothers in the band, Simone, and I don't know how to pronounce his name, but um, Amedio, they, I've seen them play live a few times. They didn't have a bass player when they played. They played at the Troubadour once and I went and saw them and they had no bass player. And I remember hanging out, going to their merch table because they were selling their merch. And I, I said to one of the twins, I said, if you ever need a bass player, and they said, oh, yeah, we don't use bass. And I said, okay, but now they do have a bass player. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, a movie, the psychological thriller, I don't know if you remember it, called Hard Candy. With uh, Oh, yeah. It was this really dark movie, and Blonde Redhead has a song in it, and in the credits, which is called Elephant Woman. That song just brings me so much. Blonde Redhead just brings me joy. Like they remind me of, they're like a classical symphony with with like rock, like rock classical symphony, symphonic rock. And sometimes I hear them and I think, is this Mozart? You know, like, or Bach or, you know, because they use a lot of piano and harps and all kinds of different yeah. instruments. Um, that album in particular is so yeah, good and just like misery, you know, melancholy. Misery is a butterfly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so melancholy and beautiful. And I've heard a lot of it is inspired from her fall off of her horse. She had a horse accident. Like you, you can kind of see that in some of them. Um, Equus. Uh, and I, I wonder if elephant woman is a little bit related to maybe like a face, face in, injury but yeah it's it's so good yeah that's a really great one you're you're giving me so many great memories Rachel because I'd kind of forgotten about about this but misery is a butterfly I was in love with that album when it came out yeah and hearing you mention elephant woman again is just like oh man I remember that and I think also I think melody was another song I was really in love with yeah melody oh just it was a great name of the horse I think really uh maybe Wow, I'm learning so much today. So the next, I don't know even how many I just mentioned. I think I mentioned two so far. Oh yeah, three. Um, There is a band with two sisters named First Aid Kit. Gotta keep on going, looking straight out on the road. Can't worry about what's behind you, what's coming for you further up the road. And I first discovered them when um, I was just going through YouTube and listening to just different music. And I noticed that they had done a Fleet Foxes cover. To be honest, I'm not that familiar with Fleet Foxes, but the song that they cover, which is called Tiger Mountain Peasant Song. They have a video of them just singing it in the forest, the two of the sisters with just one guitar and the both of them singing. And you can uh, talk about blood harmony. I mean, it's just like you could taste the blood. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's beautiful. It's on, it's on YouTube and it's called Tiger Mountain Peasant Song. And um, I don't know if they recorded it or if it's on a 
on a record or anything, but I am I bookmarking to. that video for later. I know. Yeah, you're yeah, you're like gonna I cry. To watch that. You're gonna cry. Just get the the Kleenex out. I'm ready. Let's do it. I feel that way. There's a this is a little off topic, but I feel that way about that. Like I can't remember if it's yours truly internet video or La Blog Tech, but there was this. I think it's Mountain Man. It's a vocal harmony trio. Yeah, Mountain Man, and. They do some song in like a tunnel in San Francisco or like on a mountaintop or like a hilltop. It's one one of the women is the singer of Sylvanesso, but it's just the most haunting, beautiful, acoustically perfect harmonies. Uh-huh. It will make you feel things. So yeah, watch that one too. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of them are sisters, but it's beautiful. That reminded me of that. So had to share. So cool. Um, first aid kit. And then I think I'm on number five now, right? Yeah. Okay. It was a tough one. I, there was two that I wanted to mention, but I'm, I'm going to mention the breeders. Yay. I've known them. I've played with them. I even auditioned for the breeders once when they asked, they needed a multi-instrumentalist and they flew me out to Ohio and I got to jam and it was so much fun. I didn't get the gig, but you know, (sighs) it wasn't meant to be, but I got to like hang out with them and and they're like bonkers and I loved it. And, the, you know, they're bonkers like me and my sisters. And the song that I'm going to choose that I love listening to, that I listen to a lot of, which is on the 2013 soundtrack of the movie Her, directed by Spike Jones. Uh, the song is called Off You. I am the autumn and the scarlet. I am the makeup on your eyes. It's like beautiful, uplifting, melancholy music. That that's my favorite kind of music. Yeah, I've seen that movie. I maybe I'll play that song and see if I recognize it. Um, yeah, you'll recognize it. And Karen O does music in that movie yeah. too. So Yeah, the Breeders are great. They're another one of those like MTV gifts when I was a young a young girl. I was obsessed with Kim and Kelly deal back then. (laughs) Yeah. And not only that, I mean, so Kim and Kelly deal in the breeders, but at one point Tanya Donnelly was in the breeders and Tanya Donnelly was in Throwing Muses with her stepsister, Kristen. And that was another band I was going to say, because Throwing Muses are my favorite. I mean, they're like my top three favorite bands. I love Throwing Muses. I remember listening to House Tornado over and over and over and over again. I got obsessed with Kristen Hirsch's lyrics. Was I was obsessed with her. I even wrote her a fan letter. Um, I have a story. That dog was in England and we were in the same hotel as Kristen Hirsch. And um, my sister... Mm knew how much I loved Kristen Hurst. So she she wrote a fake letter and put it under my door, signed by Kristen Hurst saying, hey, Rachel, I heard you're in the hotel and I'd like to meet you and <laughs> stuff like that. And I knew I, I when I found out it wasn't true, I was just livid. Aww. And uh, I told Kristen Hurst that story um, when I got to meet her and she just laughed and Anyways, she's... Aw, that's a cruel joke. I know. 
And Petra feels horrible about it. Like she, she, she's, she still feels really bad to this day. I let it go. Sisterly love. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Well, that's a great list. Yeah. That was an awesome list. Oh, good. And such, such a variety in that one too. I hope it made sense. Oh yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, all the way from the emotions all the way to the breeders. I love it. Yeah. And and then of course I was gonna say the carpenters and you know, Karen Carpenter and her voice, but that's for another one. We'll, We've got some we'll uh, do our sh- honorary mentions short list. Yeah, a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before the store closes, let me jump into my list and uh so we can keep rolling along. But so uh, my list is a little bit random because I wanted to include bands that I love, obviously, but I also wanted to just talk about a couple that I think are inspiring in a way because of their story. So, and that's number five, and that is The Shags. Oh, the rich people want what the poor people got, and the poor people want what the rich people got. <laughs> So yeah, the Shags, they were formed in Fremont, New Hampshire in 1965, and it is composed of all sisters, Dot, Wigan, Betty, Helen, and Rachel, who played bass also. And they've been described as being the worst of all time, but also a work of unintentional brilliance. I think you could call the Shags the most authentic rock band of all time it's it's their story is so interesting because and maybe a little sad because their dad was the one that formed this band he formed them because when he was young his mother used to read his palm and she made three predictions she predicted he would marry a strawberry blonde woman that he would have two sons after she died and his daughters would form a popular band and the first two predictions were true they happened And so then he went on to form this band with his daughters. So he was super strict. He didn't allow them to have any social life or friends or boyfriends or attend shows or anything like that. They used to play at the town hall every weekend. They used to practice all the time. And when they played at the town hall, people would heckle them and throw trash at them. And they were were bullied in school. Mm. And he took them to Fleetwood Studios in 1969 in Massachusetts to record an album. They got like 100 copies of this record. And then later, he took them to another recording session in 1975 and they were a little bit more proficient at this time, but the engineer said that they were just performing and just kind of felt sorry for them. But he also said they didn't notice that their guitars were out of tune and that they had disjointed rhythms, which to me I think is so crazy because like in their minds, they thought that they were so aligned. They'd practiced so much. To them, they were making music. They made music that made sense to them as sisters. And I think that's the kind of like weird, crazy, fun part. Shortly after that recording, the dad died of a heart attack. The Shags disbanded, sold most of their equipment. And then later their albums were re-released. Someone, I can't remember who, said that their music was outside of the normal thinking process for songwriting at the time. And it felt like it needed to be heard. Their albums were reissued. Chris Cornell said that it was like the worst music of all time, but 
Oh, uh, Lester Bang said, how do they sound? Perfect. They can't play a lick, but mainly they got it. They got the right attitude, which is all rock and roll's ever been about from day one. And he wrote that Philosophy of the World, which is their album, could stand with albums by the Beatles, Bob Dylan, and uh, Teenage Jesus and the Jerks as one of the landmark rock and roll albums of history. Pitchfork says that the Shags had been embraced by the exact opposite audience that Austin desired, the long-haired avant-garde intellectual. So I just think their story is really cool. (laughs) Yeah, they're really fascinating. I love the Shags. Yeah, it's fun. I think the Shags are pure art. And I I would love to know what's happening in their brains while they're playing together. It's just, it's just like coming straight from some source, completely untainted and and unconstrained by what we think music is supposed to be or whatever. That's what makes it so great. Yeah. So yeah. Exactly. My pal foot foot. It makes sense why, makes sense why Frank Zappa was. (laughs) Right. That makes sense. (laughs) All right. Number four is the Leuven Brothers. Mm. Talk about blood harmonies. She never spoke another word. I only I had to throw it back a little bit, especially to a, a band of brothers that have a song called Knoxville Girl, because that's me. I'm the Knoxville Girl, except this is a murder ballad about a Knoxville girl who gets thrown in the river by her lover. Um, anyways, they are American musical duo, brothers Ira and Charlie Leuven. They help popularize the vocal technique of this close, familiar country harmony. Um, Ira was saying tenor and Charlie sang in a much lower key. And then, oh yeah, also we've been saying blood harmony, but if people listening in the store haven't picked up on the contextual clues, it's it's this, when siblings sing together, they have this certain biological chemistry. Their sound just melds so perfectly together in their harmonies. But uh, the Lewin brothers were regulars on the Grand Ole Opry in the late 50s and early 60s, and they were heavily influenced by their faith. But Ira Lewin himself was notorious for his drinking and womanizing and his temper. <laughs> this is crazy. He was married four times, and his wife, his third wife, Faye, shot him in the chest. Luckily, he survived. Oh, wow. Yeah. They ended up breaking up the band in 1963 because Charlie was sick of Ira's crazy wild behavior. And then later in 1965, Ira died in a car accident, and Charlie actually died in 2011. So he lived quite the long life. Yeah. I remember hearing stories about them. They they would fight so much that... They would each have separate entrances to get on the, to go on stage. Like they wouldn't go on stage together. Wow, that's crazy. It's crazy how that kind yeah. of tension or that sort of energy can turn into such powerful performance. Something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Okay, and I I had to do this. Number three is that dog. Hey, old why you drinking red wine and shakings? Hey, old timer, I can tell you if you get I had to do it. I, I seriously, this is my favorite band in high school and even in college with Retreat from the Sun. But yes, LA-based rock band from 1992, consisting of Anna Waronker, who is the sister of Joey Waronker, drummer of Beck and R.E.M., at one point R.E.M., and Rachel Hayden, Petra Hayden, Tony Maxwell. 
And I just have to say, man, first time I heard that dog was from the DGC Rarities compilation. And side note, the 90s had the best compilations of all time, but the song was Grunge Couple. And it was so cool, especially for that time. I just wanted to be, I felt like me and my high school boyfriend were the grunge couple. <laughs> you know, I loved that song so much. I saw that dog live with Teenage Fan Club in Weezer in 1995. And it was like life changing. I had never, I didn't realize that I had heard of you, obviously, until after that show. And then I saw that was on my DGC Rarities compilation. But I was like, whoa, this is so cool. This music is so cool. I got Anna's autograph on the back of my ticket stub and I still have it to this day. And Totally Crushed Out was just like critical high school era album for me. I felt every part of it. I learned He's Kissing Christian on my bass guitar. I wanted Rachel Perry lip gloss. I lived for the electronic part in the rock star song. Like this album made me who I am today, honestly. So to have you here in the store is a real treat. But man, until the harmonies on Retreat from the Sun, they're just so perfect. Uh, I mean, oh, thank you. perfect. So amazing. But yeah. I will stop gushing. That dog, always and forever. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to come put you at number one because that would seem like I was trying to kiss your booty. <laughs> so you're number three on the list, but you're number one in my heart. Oh. Tara, you're adorable. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I have a quick question for Rachel, actually. Um, is there a single song that you think best encompasses like the vibe of that dog? Yeah. I would say, I would say Rockstar. Your unplugged songs bring me to tears. It has everything. It has like uh, the slow, sad, and then, huh, let me, let me think about <laughs> I would say, be, I, you know, I'm, I switched that to Being With You, and that's on Retreat From The Sun. And that's a really emotional song. Whenever I played it, I, I would like almost cry. And Anna actually wrote that song when I quit the band. Um, I had to quit because I was going through some personal stuff. And, um, and Anna wrote that song about me quitting. And so when I rejoined Aww. the band, we'd play it and I'd almost start crying because it was just so moving. And it's kind of punk rock, but also um, kind of roaches, harmonies. And yeah, I would say that's my, that would be my first pick, being with you. Mm -hmm. If I were to answer that as a fan, a super fan of that dog, I have like all the albums, except for the compilation with Midnight at the Oasis. Oasis, I need that one. But I would say this boy. from the self-title yep. album because I don't know there's just the 
Like it starts out so pretty and then it's like freak out moment, loud rock and roll. Yeah. And, you know, you can hear everyone just like laughing and stuff. And I don't know. I feel like it embodies kind of the. Yeah. You know, what's funny. Spirit. What's funny about that song is that song was written about Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam. Oh, what? So in the choruses, we're saying, we're saying, Eddie Vedder, Eddie Vedder, Eddie Vedder, Jeremy, Jeremy, Eddie Vedder, Eddie Vedder. And then Eddie Vedder Vedder heard the song and he does a cover of it. What? If you Google this boy, Eddie Vedder or, or Pearl Jam, you'll see his version of this boy. That's incredible. Okay. I cannot wait to watch. And that. we were all wondering, like, I wonder if he knows that we were making fun of him. <laughs> you were making, we were kind of making fun of him. Oh no, yeah, we were kind of making fun of him, but he liked it. So, oh, good. <laughs> I love it. No, because that song, Jeremy, Jeremy spoken. <laughs> I mean. This boy is one of my, I still listen to it on the regular. It's so awesome. But I'm also a huge, like, Sonic Youth fan, too. So the noise of it, the freak out moment of it is maybe what I really love about it. It reminds me of the Beatles song, though, too. Um, This girl. That girl? That girl? This girl? Now I'm confusing them. But we all know which one I'm talking about, hopefully. My number two on the list is one I feel is unexpected and people don't often realize that these two guys in this band are brothers. And that is the Stone Temple Pilots. American rock band from San Diego, California. Brothers Dean on guitar, Robert DeLeo on bass, Scott Weiland, Eric Kretz. I often bring up Stone Temple Pilots as having the most underrated bassist of all time. Robert DeLeo is a bass god. I can't tell you everything he does is perfection. Just the, It doesn't even have to be fancy. It's just the right notes and the right time and the right groove. I just think he is so underrated and so good. Reminds me also of the brilliance of Duran Duran's bassist, John Taylor. Like he is just, oh, he's just so good. And also so is Rob, uh, Dean. And I get their names mixed up. I love, I love those two in this band. <laughs> Stone of Pilots. That's did a good you know one. they had brothers in the band? I think I did. They're awesome. I don't think I did. So I've, I've learned something new. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Okay. We have hit my final choice. Number one, I had to go with this one. I like to say they are my uncles. Ray and Dave Davies of the Kinks. Cause there's nothing in this world to stop me worrying about that girl. They're not my uncles. I wish. Maybe. <laughs> who knows? I know my family came from Wales at one point, so eh, could be. But the Kinks formed in 1963 by brothers Ray and Dave Davies. They are regarded as one of the most influential rock bands of the 60s and even had some uh, fire going right there at the end of the the British invasion. But they were inspired by, you know, the classic R&B, jazz, early rock that their parents and older sisters were enjoying at the time. They formed the band Ray Davies Quartet and later played a gig at the school dance and 
some local pubs and actually went through a series of lead vocalists, one including Rod Stewart, which I thought was pretty interesting. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, isn't that fascinating? Later, they referred to one of their, their fledgling kinks shows. Uh, it was Town Hall on Valentine's Day in 1963 um, and then settled on their name, The Kinks, in around 1964. But they've had five top 10 singles. They've had nine albums chart on the top 40. They've had 17 top 20 singles along with five top 10 albums. You Really Got Me, Tired of Waiting for You, I Go to Sleep, which the Pretenders do an excellent cover of, and All Day and All of the Night. I mean, man, they are legendary. The Kinks. Yeah, I love wow. The Kinks. That's my list. All mine, I think most of mine was rock except for the Leuven Brothers. The Kinks Wikipedia is like crazy long. It's a lot of history to get <laughs> yeah. through. Holy crap. Yeah. Wow. Oh, what, awesome list, Tara. Way to bring it home. Thank you. Thank you. Shall we go over our short lists? Oh, yeah. Honorable mentions? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know there was honorable mentions. Okay, yeah. well, I can I can think of them. You guys go. Okay, I'll just ramble off a few of mine real quick. Uh, I also wrote The Carpenters. I knew that my if I said The Carpenters, it would have been even more predictable than the ones wow. I had already in my list. Um, I also wrote The Breeders, The Bee Gees, The B-52s. Cindy Wilson and her brother was in The B-52s. And I also I threw a newer band on here, The Lemon Twigs. They have hmm. uh, it's two brothers in that band. I love them. The drummer is extraordinary to watch, but I'll stop there. Oh, okay. I left off quite a few expecting some overlap and now I'm like, oh no, I left this these people off. So really quickly, uh, Sister Sledge, Heart, Atlantic Star, Isley Brothers, Pointer Sisters, Radiohead, Sly and the Family Stone, The Silvers, Tegan and Sarah, Escape, Billie Eilish and Phineas, The Cardiacs, and Chloe and Hallie. <laughs> I'm shocked there was no Heart. That's the one I'm most shocked You just stole about. them all. <laughs> Did I? Oh, I was, okay. I was gonna. Say, I, want, I want to hear where we are on the same page. I was gonna say Oasis. I love Oasis. Oh, yeah. uh, Radiohead, the Everly Brothers, as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of them out there. There's a lot. There's so many. ESG. I just recently talked about ESG a bunch. The sisters in ESG. And, um, oh man. Yeah. There's and so, Tegan so and many. Sarah. Yeah. Definitely. Like. Uh, the album's so jealous. Uh, mm-hmm. I bet it stung is one of my favorite songs on that album. So yeah, they're so good. Um, I can't believe I totally forgot about Heart. I'm glad you said that in <laughs> your list, your short list. I was trying to read your mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Should we restock our employee recommendation shelf? Yeah, we haven't done that in a while, actually. We haven't. About our guest, do you have do you have anything to yeah. put up on the shelf? Boy, gosh, um, let me think now. Um, well, you had that great documentary. Oh yeah, the great. Do- the, the, okay, definitely. There's a documentary directed by Bruce Weber about the jazz musician Chet Baker, and it's called "Let's Get Lost," and it's incredible, and it's. And we talk about siblings. It's his kids are in it, and it go. It talks about uh, his drug use and the effect it had on his kids, and and obviously a, a lot about his music and his life. And 
It's the directed by Bruce Weber. You can really see the Bruce Weber visually. You can really see it. And so I would recommend that. And also I've been listening to a lot of soundtrack music. Um, I listen to a lot of soundtracks and soundtrack composers. And there's one guy named Peter Broderick who writes just beautiful, beautiful, um, ethereal, ambient song, like movie score sounding songs. Cool. Yeah. Natalie, are you ready? Do you know what, which one you want to choose? Uh, yeah, yeah. Recommendation show? Let's see. So, so I've just started reading this book, but I'm not that far into it. So this, this isn't like a full endorsement yet, but, um, the legendary producer Rick Rubin just came out with a book in January, um, called the creative act, a way of being. And so far I'm enjoying it. It's, it's a very, uh, he's kind of talking about, it's not just for musicians. It's like a way to connect with one's creativity, you know, for, for anyone. It's very like kind of spiritual and, and cosmic. He talks a lot about awareness and, and meditation and things like that. So um, I've been enjoying it so far. So maybe if you're into cool. music literature, check that out. Sounds great. Yeah. It does. I recently just saw Os Mutantes live. Um, they are 60s psychedelic Tropicalia band from Brazil. And so I'm going to recommend Everything is Possible. Yeah. Check it out if you like psychedelic Brazilian music. And we like that here in the store. Yeah. Awesome. Rachel, it's been so fun chatting with you. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm sure we've kept you in the store for way longer than you expected. Oh, it's my pleasure. Is there a tip jar? (laughs) (laughs) Just come back and see us again, please. (laughs) Yeah. We'd love to talk to you again. Come back and see us. Yeah. Anytime you want to come chat music, we are here. Thank you, you guys. That was was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, let's clock out. Shut the store down and go home. Absolutely. All right. Good night, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out in the store with us. Good night. Happy trails. Bye. Bye. Congrats, you've made it to the end. Now let's see what some of the friends of the store have to say about what their top picks are. Hey, this is Nick from Minneapolis, Minnesota. This is too difficult. Maybe a three-way tie between the Jackson 5, the Bee Gees, and the Beach Boys. Is that allowed? This is Sam from Atlanta, and my favorite band with siblings will always and forever be the Carpenters. They long to be close to you. Hi, my name is Orlando Moss, and I live in Austin, Texas. And my favorite sibling group um, is tough because there's the Beach Boys, there's NXS, but I think I'm gonna have to go with somebody a little bit more contemporary, somebody who are more uh, known as producers, but I've seen them perform live. It's gonna be uh, the brothers who make up uh, Disclosure. Right, and it starts to spread. She gonna bring that attitude home. I don't wanna do nothing with their life. 
when a fire starts to burn, right? And it starts to uh, spread. Their contributions and changes to house music were amazing. And I really think they were something. Record Store Society is hosted by Natalie White and Tara Davies. If you'd like to contact the show, visit our website at recordstoresociety.com. Or you can find us on all your favorite social media sites with the handle at Record Store Society.